So let me just share for a moment, and then we'll jump right into the word. Uh, first of all, uh, my voice is a little croupy. I don't know if that's a word or not. Croupy. <laughs> I, I make up words. So if you, so uh, forgive my voice. It 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 may go Bobby Brady on you. And if you're under thirty, you don't know who Bobby Brady is. But um, so. We, we were, were talking about this, my wife and I, uh, the impact that your pastors, uh, Roger and Heather, have had on our lives. We were kind of like our first senior pastorate was down by Clarksburg, 1996, 97, and 98. And it was during that time that they introdu- uh, introduced us to Cleansing Stream. And so when we went, you know, we think, you know, we're going to go learn how to better minister to people and help change uh, lives of people. And then we go and we found out that we had stuff we needed to take care of in our own lives. And so the freedom of God really happened in us. And, and, you know, I think about that. I don't know whether we would have made it if it wasn't for key moments like that in our lives and just the freedom that God gave to us. And in 1997 is when we were in the second time we went to cleansing uh, retreat, cleansing stream retreat in Pittsburgh, and there was thousands there, and Roger began to spontaneously, some of you might have heard him probably sing that here, go jump in the river. It, it was not written until the live right while it was happening. And when he started singing that, it, you, I mean, you, you could not contain yourself because the glory of God fell on that place. And literally thousands of people, and probably a lot of them were not used to acting like this, overcame by the Holy Spirit, began to jump around that place. And there was a freedom that took place in that retreat that was unbelievable. People came bound with all kinds of issues and, and spirits, and the Lord set them free. And so that's kind of, those seasons that we were here back in the early days really marked us. And as we continued on, we went to North Idaho for seven years, and then Michigan seven years, and then 12 years in Southern Idaho. And so I'm actually a native to West Virginia. My dad pastored pretty much his entire life here. My, uh, gr- I grew up in a town called Kingwood in Preston County, if some of you that know where Kingwood is. And uh, my brother actually pastors the church that my dad, my dad went to be with the Lord uh, about seven years ago now, six years ago. And so my, my baby brother pastors that church today. So back in, especially in the end of last year, the Lord began to speak to our family about moving back. Uh, my son that's back there, they actually were here and moved, just happens, they moved to Fairmont about three or four months ago. And uh, my wife and everybody was on board wanting to come back. There was just one person in the family that was resistant to that, and that was me. And I'm going like, I'm, I'm not going back to there. I'm not moving back to West Virginia. And so just uh, past February was the kind of the encounter moment when I, uh, we were in a prayer meeting. I was literally on the floor and some friends of mine were praying for me and the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, I want you to return to your roots. And in that moment, I seen a, in uh, just a picture as clear as could be the state of West Virginia and the tree, all my family, I have, my mom had 15 brothers and sisters, my dad had 10 brothers and sisters, so I've got 225 first cousins in West Virginia, okay? Yeah. 
They're, they're, I even have uh, a couple cousins that I found out, they first cousins that live in Fairmont. So, so, a lot, so the crazy thing is we moved back here and everybody asked us, what are you doing? And I say, I have no clue. <laughs> uh, are you going to go pasture? Mm, I don't know. What are you going to do? I said, I have no idea. Well, how are you going to make a living? I have no idea. The Lord spoke to us as clear as can be. We sold everything and we moved here and we're here. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know where we go from here. But this is what I know is God, I, God is realigning things. Somebody spoke this, this uh, spring and they said, where you live matters more now than any other time in your walk with God. So he's realigning relationships. Why? Because there, I believe with all my heart there's one last great outpouring that's going to come to this earth. And we get to be a part of that. And we want to be right in the middle of that. And I, I, this might sound a little cliche or maybe doesn't fit in your paradigm. But, I, you know, I, I look around the world and I look around the church of America. And it, you can get... Uh, discouraged. If you look at the church, the state of the church in America right now, you can get discouraged. But I feel like the Lord said that he has a trump card. <laughs> not that. Yeah, not that. <laughs> that not, I, that's not what I meant. But that the trump card were people who've experienced revival. That may sound cliche, but I believe there's a lot of you in, that are in here that re, you remember 1997, like I was talking about. For us, we, we remember 2007, a year that we just unprecedented the glory of God. Some of you have been to places in the 90s, in the early 2000s, where revival was happening. Where, whatever word you want to use, there was an outpouring of the Lord. And I really believe that those, that there is a holy discontentment that is coming to the church right now, especially people who have tasted of the things of heaven, that they are just not satisfied with the status quo and going through the motions of church. They understand the only hope we have as the church, with all the mess the church is in in America, the only hope we have is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so, let me just share what I, this is not a sermon as much as I just want to share what I feel like my heart is in what hearing what God is saying for this hour. So th let me just give you this picture. I know that this might sound negative, but just give me a minute. We'll start negative and, and then we'll move into it. So the reality is being honest to where we are right now. Where we are as a people, where we are as the church, where we are as a nation. You look around, you see the racial and political turmoil, the corruption, the threat of war, COVID, lockdowns, food shortages, supply chain issues, inflation, the decline of the church attendance. My brother is a part of an association of 2,000 churches, and uh, the, the percentage in those 2,000 churches is they are only 45% of attendance that they were since 2019. That means that since COVID, they didn't come back. Half of them didn't come back. And that's kind of like the state of turmoil, arguments in the church with every political thing, every moral thing is being argued. But what we have to understand 
is that God in the midst of this is strong and is able to do exceedingly and abundantly, abundantly above everything we could ask or think of. There's a decline of people to, uh, that are willing to serve. I talk to pastors all the time, even though they got half their people back. Since they came back, they don't want to serve anymore. And a lot of times, you know, people don't understand. We have to facilitate a place for revival. And to do that, we've got to have people that clean the church, that run sound, that are ushers, that are teaching Sunday school. We've got to have all these workers to facilitate what God wants to do. Many believers are filled with fear, disappointment, and discouragement. And pastor, the other night when we were here, uh, we were doing a sound check. I was sitting, I think, right over there. And pastor's just doing a sound check, and he starts singing, Todd, I know where you come from. I know. And he's singing from the Father to me. And then he starts singing, I'm going to make the mountains a you know, smooth place. Zechariah chapter 4, he starts singing. He doesn't know that for 10 years that's been the verse that's a signature on my email. It's Zechariah chapter 4. And I, I, he's doing sound check, and I'm crying like a baby sitting over there. I, I, I felt like that I was just in a comfortable place in life, in ministry. Almost 30 years of ministry, and I was just, and the Lord just has shaken everything up in our lives in the last three or four months. We've sold everything, moved here. Because why? Not because I care what part I get to play in it. I just want to be a part of what God wants to do in this hour. I so hunger for the move of God again. So hunger for the move of the Holy Spirit. We've packaged the church in so many things to try to sell it to the world. When we can't sell anything, if Holy Spirit shows up, he will do the work. He will draw people. Anyway, I asked Pastor, I said, what do you want me to share on Sunday? He, Pastor, I don't know if many of you know, he had to go to a funeral of a cousin this week and and such and so I said, what do you want me to share on Sunday? And he used this one word that the Holy Spirit highlighted and was the word expectation. And so let me just let me just say this that I feel like to whatever degree it is, I'm speaking for my own self, that we have lost a sense of expectation that I believe God by the Holy Spirit is going to give it back to us today. And so I was reading an article real quick. Some of you know who Dr. Michael Brown is. He's one of my favorite people in the kingdom. He was a part of the uh, Brownsville revival. Uh, he's a messianic, um, Jewish, charismatic, you know, whatever words. He says in, in this article that really struck me, he says, I, I refuse to accept that, that the church as we know it in America and the West is the very best a church will ever be. I refuse to accept the anemic Divided, often powerless version of the church that we are so accustomed to seeing here is the only version that we'll ever see in the world. Not if the Bible is true. The state that we're in, that isn't the state we should expect if the Bible's true. Not if Jesus is Lord. Not if the Holy Spirit has been poured out. Not if God's promises are real. To the contrary, because the Bible is true, and because Jesus is the Lord, and because the Holy Spirit has been poured out, and because God's promises are real, we will, let's prophesy it and declare it, we will see a glorious church. Ephesians chapter 4. Walking in grace and victory and purity and power, we will see a bride fit for a groom. 
That is God's vision and that is God's promise because of, of which I will not accept the status quo of the church as usual today. That's what's shaken me. We were comfortable. Everything's good. Nothing's bad. But I'm just sick of it. I don't want it. I want God. I want the Holy Spirit. I want the outpouring of God. And neither should you accept it, is what he's saying. It is an insult to the blood of Jesus and a slur on the power of God. And we should not accept it for a moment as a reflection of the best that the Father has to offer the world. Not a chance. The version of the church will not change the world, this version that we have now, or inspire sacrifice and dedication. Or transform sinners in, into saints. Or, or set captives free. Or bring glory to God. It will only bring reproach and breed compromise. The ver th that version of the church is like the salt that has lost its saltiness. No wonder the world tramples it underfoot. But the church that Jesus is building will ultimately be a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That is our destiny, our ultimate calling. This is how we will look when we reach our final destination. And that's why we should work towards this and believe for this every day of our lives. So many Christians right now just want to get the rapture card and get out. And God is wanting to pour out his spirit. How many are ready? Anytime he wants to come, we're ready. But I want to be a part of what he wants to do before he returns. And I'm telling you, God is wanting in this body to bring the integral pieces together so that we can house his glory and a place for him to dwell, a place for him to be poured out. Now, this is what the Lord really wanted me to address today and, and us to go after in the spirit. So I felt like this wasn't a sermon as much as we're going to be proactive to be intercessors and to cry out, cry out to the Lord. The devil is attempting to grip us, especially in America, grip the church with a foreboding spirit. Now that word is like foreboding, you know, that's some kind of old English, but that's the word I felt like the Lord gave me. Let me just tell you what foreboding is, if, if you don't know. It means, as a noun, it means fearful, apprehensive, a feeling that something bad will happen. The words that are kind of similar are apprehensive, apprehensiveness, anxiety, trepidation. As an adjective, it means implying or seeming to, seeming to apply that something bad is going to happen. Now, a lot of you know, because of who your pastor is, that demons, demonic powers, they come with assignments. We use terms like spirit of fear, but literally it's a, it's a demon that has an assignment to bring fear. How many know the Holy Spirit has an assignment also? And it trumps all of the things that the enemy wants to do. Many people live their lives that are being gripped by a foreboding spirit, and you see it grip the church. I, I mean, I, you may not like me saying this, but I believe that's why half the people haven't come back to church yet. The, this spirit makes you feel like something is always going to be wrong. Something is always going to go wrong. Even on a good day, you feel like bad is coming. The Apostle Paul talks about this spirit in 2 Corinthians 10.4. He says, the weapons of our warfare are not 
of the flesh or carnal, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Look what this next verse said. I've read this. I even I had Corinthians in college, but I didn't really highlight this. The next verse starts out with saying this. We are destroying speculations. Speculations. What does that mean? Speculations are what ifs. Like what if the neg- and what ifs are usually not what if God shows up? <laughs> They're usually what if something bad happens. The enemy is using the spirit to destroy the church's sense of great expectation. And I, I know this might sound so corny. So cliche, but what I feel like the church needs right now, after everything we've been through, how everything that even the last two years, whether it's government or a fear of disease or whatever, what it has done to the church is we have lost a sense of expectation to the point that we are just looking for Jesus to come back and get us out of here instead of expectation that God wants to move in our day, in this hour. Now, this is the verse that kind of highlighted in my spirit when I drove away from here the other night. I remain confident of this. Say, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Mm. See, it's, it's that sense of expectation that's growing and growing and surmounting. I'm expecting God to show up. Come to church and, you know, okay, we're going to go. Where are we going to eat after church? No, I'm expecting God to show up today. I expect it. I'm confident of this. That I'm going to see the, so it's that place of great expectation. If you expect the same old, same old, what are you going to get? The same old, same old. First Peter 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great, here's pastor's word for this morning, mercy. It, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, say this last part with me. Now, oh, okay. <laughs> Just, sorry. I didn't even know it wasn't up there. Now we live with great expectation. Say that with me. Now we live with great expectation. Mm. Say it again. Now we live with great expectation. Colossians 1.5. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. You've had it since then. What has the enemy done? He has come and robbed us of great expectation. We're supposed to be the people that are charismatics, that believe in the Holy Spirit, that believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What has the enemy tried to do, especially in the hour and the season that we live in? He's tried to come and steal from us the great expectation that we have in the Lord. Hope hope deferred in Proverbs makes the heart sick. But when the desire, when the expectation comes, it is a tree of life. And that's what we need back in the church. Not just all the things that we do to try to attract people. We need the tree of life back in the church. Philippians 1.20, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. That 
in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether by life or dead, the death, according to my earnest expectation, according, say, according to my earnest expectation, according to my earnest expectation, not somebody else's, not just pastor's expectation. I mean, it, what, what would happen if all of us came together on Sunday morning and we all would just say, well, I don't know what God's going to do, but I'm expecting, I'm expecting something from the Lord. Psalm 62, verse 5, my soul waits upon the Lord for my expectation is from him. My expectation, I'm not saying this to be mean or bad, but my expectation is not even from pastor. My expectation isn't even from how good worship's going to be. My expectation is in the Lord. Colossians 1.5, you have had this expectation ever since you began. Now don't lose it. I won't take the time, but think about when the talents were given out. And the one guy in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, one guy buried it. And, and it literally says, why didn't you use it? Why didn't you sow it? Why didn't you at least get some interest? And he says, because God, I knew you to be a hard man. I, and he expected him to be a hard man. And because of that expectation, he lost out. He missed out on everything. That, I'm telling you, there's going to be a day in glory, a day when you're, we're with the Lord in eternity. We're going to look back and we're going to say the reason, and we're going to understand the reason why we didn't get everything we could have seen happen on the earth is because we didn't live with an expectation because we saw God wrong. He literally said, I, I knew you to be a hard man. The expectation that we have in the Lord is he is, he's filled with mercy. Just shut your eyes. Just, he's filled with mercy. We are, our expectation, he's going to give us good things. We expect good things. You know, one of the things, and I'm real quick and we're going to pray, is that during all of this, the question came up in my heart. You know, I said, well, I believe in a great outpouring in end time revival. And somebody said, well, where does it say that in the Bible? And it kind of struck me. I'm going like, okay, I say I believe in a great end time revival in the generation and the Lord's return. Do I truly believe that? So I spent the whole week just praying and studying the word. And then I, the next Sunday, I preached a message called, Did God Promise an End Time Revival? And guess what my answer was? I, I kind of had a moment that I checked myself, but I got done. I said, yes, he did. He promised that. And we've seen over history, during the darkest times of history, we've seen an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I, if I had the slide up there, I would show you all the different times in history that God poured out his Spirit. You know, all the way, you know, from the, the Reformations to the Awakenings to the, the Charismatic Renew Renewal, the Jesus Movement, all of that. And they happened in a time in the church that it looked like it was at its darkest and looked like it was at its weakest. And in the midst of that, God comes and shows up. And I believe God's going to do the very same thing in this hour. You know, the parable that of the first miracle of Jesus, he shows up at a wedding and he turns water into wine. 
and, and it, was, it was not even supposed to be planned. And it was, it was completely unexpected by the people. He shows up and then the, the, the master of the ceremonies comes out and says, why did you save the best wine to last? And I really believe that that is a prophecy for me and you. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Is that he has saved the best I, I'm, I'm living with this expectation. I, I don't care how crazy you think I am. I believe he saved the best for last. And I believe that we are, we are on the threshold of seeing that, of the best wine. The wine always represents Holy Spirit. The best is for last. Yes, Yeshua is our bridegroom. He has saved the best for last. And while this is an interpretation, I think that God is saying that a great move of the Holy Spirit is coming before he returns. It is time to ask yourselves, has Yeshua, has Jesus saved the best for last? Are we going to see an outpouring greater than even the book of Acts? Amen? So stand up and we'll, we'll do some proactive engagement. But this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I've spoken. Now think about that for a minute. I believed and therefore I have spoken. See, a lot of people are waiting for somebody else to speak it and pray for them instead of all of us speaking it. And this is what we're going to speak today. First, this is a kind of a process that we've learned many years ago in cleansing stream a lot of you know this but it's called repent repent renounce and break and I thought I felt like the first thing we need to do before we prayed for the good is to get rid of the evil get better and that we're and let me just make this personal to you we're going to pray that God would get rid of that foreboding spirit on us corporately but I want to get rid of it individually I want to get rid of expecting the bad and a lot of you, for years, the enemy have brought you to a place that you expect the bottom to drop out all the time. Instead of expectation, earnest expectation of good. So Lord, just, just in your own way, we're going to shut, shut your eyes. Lord, we repent for partnering with the lying spirit. This foreboding spirit, this spirit that would try to bring us into fear. We repent of partnering with that spirit in any way. Now do that personally. I repent of that, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we renounce any legal right that that spirit has had in our lives, in our family, in our church, in Jesus' name. We renounce that foreboding spirit in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, for the oil that breaks the yoke. And Lord, we thank you for the anointing oil that breaks the yoke of that foreboding spirit in our lives. We break you now in Jesus' name. We command you to go. Get out of our lives. Get out of our church. Get out of our family. Go in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus against you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, pray this prayer with me together, if we can. The next slide. 
Lord, forgive me for allowing the pains of life and the lives of Satan to rob me of my expectation of your good. Lord, heal my heart from the places that I've lost hope and let your promises come alive in me again. Amen. Lord, where the expectation of good has dried up in my heart, by your Holy Spirit, let the flood of hope come into my heart like a mighty river. Lord, I declare that I will not put my expectations in the things, in people, in the economy, but my expectation is in you, my King, my Lord, my Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's confess the word. It is by your great mercy and grace that I have been born again because you have raised Jesus from the dead. Now I live with great expectation. Now I live with great expectation. One more slide. Next one. Lord, we declare as the city church family that we do not expect the same old from the year 2023. But Lord, we have an earnest expectation of good from you. We expect miracles. We expect restoration. We expect favor. We expect provision. We expect salvations. And most of all, we expect your presence to increase in 2023. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, come on, hallelujah, 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 oh, hallelujah. I just had a quickening in the Old Testament. They would be the adversary would be, uh, you know, uh, well, anyway, the, the, the concept is you could hear the help coming over the hill. Like the rev- like blowing, the, you could hear the, the cavalry coming. The angelic hosts. There's rumblings in the heaven. There's a work of the Spirit. You have felt like you, some of you felt like, I can't take it anymore. But you hear the from God's throne and the Spirit of the Lord swooping into your life. Let's go ahead and praise Him some more right now. Hallelujah. I'm not embarrassed about praying in tongues. Let's just pray. Those of you who haven't been baptized yet, we'll pray with you if you like. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and place your hand on somebody's shoulder now. Say, Lord, pour out your blessing, a great expectation. Just go ahead and pour out your expectation of great, a great expectation now. Great expectation. Great expectation. Great expectation. The word of the Lord is clear. It's resounding to us. 
There are things you, you, some of you, you felt like you've been, you know how you get stuck in a bog and your boot comes off trying to pull your foot out. You've had this kind of a sluggish, I don't know if I can pull this off. But the Lord says, you're going to come out with all your boots on. You're going to come out with everything. You're going to go lack anything. You're coming out with the authority and the grace of God on you. Let's praise Him some more. Come on now. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Break it off. Break it off. Release it. In Jesus' name, praise you, Lord. 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 We're going to have the ministry of Jesus. What is that? Will the blind see? The deaf hear. They're not left the same. They move forward. The lame rise up. It's the ministry of Jesus. He's coming to do that. He's coming to release the power of the Holy Spirit that's upon him. And then as we saw and we talked about in Peter's life, just the shadow of Peter, the Holy Spirit coming upon this the hanky of Paul just being sin and demon powers. There is an expectation God's sowing into our spirit. And I feel a change. I feel an upliftedness. I feel, you know, you don't even know sometimes what's, what's come against you. And the Lord's put us that spirit of expectation on Todd. He's, he just released it on us. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. Let's go ahead. You, you sense that anointing. If you, if you have any sensitivity at all to it, just lift up your heart and say, and breathe it in. Say, I receive. I receive my expectation, great expectation in Christ Jesus. Things are changing. Things are shift. Things will break through. Things will the weary hands will, that hang down be lifted up. The wobbly knees will be strong. Suddenly there'll be, uh, like Jesus said at the, the, the tomb of Lazarus, come forth. There'll be areas of deadness that have been that held you back. And suddenly all that comes off and you rise out of the place that's held you back. That incredible word, the dry bones, where the dry bones, uh, where they were grieved over the fact that they felt like they were hopeless and all dried out. And he says, I've come. God says, I've come to your grave and I've raised you up so you'll know that I'm God. This is what he's doing. He's releasing a mighty move of his spirit. We can't wait for it to come. We step into it. We come with an expectation. We don't just say, sit around and wait. We say, Lord, how many of you like to be a carrier of it? Again, just lift your head. By the way, we're going to have a, a, for those praying down here, come on down. Hallelujah. He mentioned uh, just a moment there in the message that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Longing fulfilled is a tree of life. If you have just a place of heart sickness that you went prayed over, we're going to dismiss the service, but we want to have ministry flowing and Holy Spirit, just to continue as you prayed through the repenting and the renouncing and the breaking of those things, it would be a foreboding weight on you. The Lord wants to, if, if you need a little further prayer, we will uh, agree with you. Let's go ahead and dismiss now. I want to just pray one more thing. Thank you, Lord, 
for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for saving the best for last. And thank you, Lord, for making an adjustment in our spirit today that we may receive the breakthrough, the anointing, and the impact that you want to pour from heaven into those who will walk with you in these last days with miracle power and dimension. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Lori, just lift your hands. I feel like the Lord just quickened me. Lori is the head of young life. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy a mighty move of God in the young people. In this next generation, it's miracles, miracles, miracles. You've seen some, but you're going to see a whole lot more. We come against this foreboding spirit in that generation, and now in Jesus' name. Guys, we're going to carry this in intercession. This foreboding thing is going. This anxiety spirit's going. We commanded to come off this next generation that has so disheartened, so hurt them, and so driven them. Isn't that right, Anthony? In the name of Jesus, this thing goes. Lift up your hands as a representation of your, the, your age group. Lord, let a, let a spirit of the, a mighty spirit of the Lord move over all this next generation. Guys, just lift up praise right now. Just go, come and join in. We're interceding. We see that the Lord has much, much to release. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. This, go ahead and you're dismissed. Let's carry this spirit in prayer. Come on down for prayer in Jesus' name. Love on one another.